we hobbit folks it's time for a show whatever show is going to be because murphy's in the house again playing around let's all welcome murphy to the party because he really likes to party and get down all right let's get this show on the road and off we go <clears throat> Empty shelves are here. You need to know this now to survive. You know, we have all kinds of craziness happening in the world today, and we are a show to maybe help you through that absolute craziness. So you might want to come on in out of the dark, settle down by the fire, have a drink, and fall down some rabbit holes with us. Absolutely. Coming to you direct from the Brewery Overlook in beautiful Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, I'm John Overall. And with me is the ever-lovely... Amber overall. And we've got another show for you for shooting the shit at the Rogue's Tavern. We're going to be talking some tips on growing food, preparing your garden, surviving food shortages, and some deep, dark rabbit holes. So before we get too far into it, we do like this show with a little spiritual reading because it is so entertaining to read this stuff. Coming to you directly from the Holy Bible Version, 1972-73 era. And today we are reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 through 14. It would be much cooler if it only had 13 verses in this chapter. <laughs> All right. This is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. I told you before and foretell you as if I were present the second time and being absent. Now I write them, which therefore have sinned, and to all other that I come again, I will not spare. Since ye seek proof of Christ speaking in me, which to, which to you ward is not weak, but is mighty in you. For though he was crucified through the weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we are also are weak in him. But we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves. How that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. I now pray to God that ye do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak, and ye are strong. And this also we wish, even your perfection. Therefore I write these things, being absent, lest being present I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord have given me to edification and not to destruction. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints salute you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you. Amen. Okay. First, what is a reprobate? Um, it's an asshole of some sort. I can't remember it now. I, I recognize the word. Let's look it up. Reprobate. <laughs> uh, unprincipled or depraved person. Scoundrel. Rogue. 
<laughs> so I'm, so, I guess I, I guess I'm a reprobate because you know I'm a rogue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me get this straight. That whole thing was talking about how you can never be anything but a reprobate, uh-huh. but you need to be perfect. Yeah. But also, you will never be perfect because Jesus was not perfect, but Jesus was perfect. So therefore, you are perfect. But you can't be reprobate and be perfect. You know, it sounded like a drunken circle talking to me. It probably was, man. The guy was probably <laughs> high when he wrote it. Actually, it really reminded me of when my partner has a few too many and gets really philosophical on me. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Maybe there I do it right back at him, though. So Absolutely. Well, sometimes, sometimes you know, so, that one there was a real random one because I was just flipping through and I just couldn't find any that seemed interesting. I landed on that one. I didn't read anything from it. And I went, yeah, this will work. <laughs> so the random ones that I flip through the Bible and grab are actually kind of interesting sometimes. Wait, when you tell me that was a cold read? That was a cold read. That was very well done. Yeah, that was absolutely cold read. I I didn't nice. I did not practice it or read it before. I that was a total cold read. Very nicely done. Yeah, I'm getting better at the cold reads. Yeah. I've Thank discovered you. the key for cold reading. Uh, read a couple words ahead as you're speaking them out loud. Slow down. Ah. Slow down as you talk, because people don't. Because when I hear myself talking back, I sound like I'm at normal pace. In my brain, I sound like I'm going fast. And when I try to talk normal pace in my brain, I'm going way too fast and I trip over the words. But when I slow down, I can suddenly read. All right. We do have a special video for everyone today. And this one is really quite entertaining. Let's go check it out. Oh, we got a commercial. Let's deal with the commercial first. (laughs) Go commercial, go. And another one. Wow. Well, I get two or three per video that is optimized now for commercials. Here we go. All right, kids. Halloween's coming up. So, who do you want to dress up as for trick-or-treating? Me first. I want to be Aladdin. One jump ahead of the bread line. No. What? Why? Here's the thing. If someone who looks like you dresses as someone who looks like Aladdin... It's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Why? It just will. So no Aladdin. you got to think of something else. I'll go. I want to go with... Mulan! No! No, no, no. Oh, but Mulan is a strong, inspirational character for little girls everywhere. For specific little girls. Somewheres. But Mom! No. Okay, okay. Then I'm going to go as Falcon. Nope. Uh, Black Panther? Wakanda forever! Don't do that! Someone might have a camera. Uh, Spider-Man? <laughs> oh, sure. I'm Miles Morales, my favorite Spider-Man! No! My turn, Moana! The Polynesian? New. No. Cinderella? There we go. Cinderella's Hispanic now. Oh, good things! I said good things! You just missed your chance. Fine, Elsa from Frozen. I think Elsa's a lesbian. Let me ask you this. How much do you like your friend Becky? Okay, maybe you can be Elsa. Oh, we're best pals, real buds, and we both have a crush on the same boy. Nope, you can't be Elsa. Why don't you two think of some real-life people you could be? Yeah, who do you look up to? Michelle Obama? No. Barack Obama? No. But he brought hope. Not for you. Simple Biles? Nuh-uh. Billy Porter? <coughs> That's you. Uh, zero chance on that one. Kamala Harris? 
<laughs> pronounce Kamala, no way, but great impression. Uh, Malcolm X, the white liberal is the worst enemy to America and the worst enemy to the black man. Go to your room. What? We just want to have fun on trick-or-treat night. Why can't we dress up in the costumes we want? Because of accountability culture. For the rest of your life, you're not going to get to have fun or enjoy things or even make mistakes. You get to be held accountable, and that's that. Sounds more like cancel culture to me. What was that? Nothing. <laughs> so do we get to dress up as? And we're me. There you go. There, yeah, seems about right. There, there's Halloween nowadays. <laughs> I love the bee. Oh yeah. They they do so much. They do so much entertaining stuff. All right. I do want to bring to everyone's attention, and we'll try to remember to bring this forward a couple times through the show. Is we now have a place where anyone who happens to wander in here can donate and support the show. They can go to our Streamlabs place and donate some cash to us if they want. You know, cash is always good. Or go buy our cool shit. And so far, we've only got a couple of things. Got a mug, a shirt. I like the mug. Real cool. Yep. Got the logo, the Rogue's Tavern logo on a mug. What about the shirt? Shirt, same thing. Except I got to get the right logo on there first. Can I look at the shirt? Yeah, it's just a just a standard shirt. Put it in white looks much better because the, yeah. the, the logo, I got to get the logo transparent so it fits on a colored shirt. And I gotta change the uh, logo color a little bit so it go so it can go on a black or other colored shirt and still stand out. Because the black shirt just so. kind of look it looks like a box. Yeah, it's it's a box. It's the problem is it's a, it's a it's a it's a graphic without a clear background. So, but it looks really good on a white shirt. So it does. So yeah, get yourself a white shirt. Nice nice price on the shirts. You know, eleven bucks. It's pretty cheap for a shirt. These days, yeah. And a mug, 13 bucks for the mug. That's a little pricey to me, but I'm going to order myself one because I just like that logo, and I've got a mouse pad with that logo on it, and so I want a mug so I can put all my pins in it. Not that I drink from the <laughs> mug very often, but I have a really cool mug to put my pins in. All right, so that's the way people can support us now. Nice. All right. Let's wander in and see what kind of cool stuff we have today. Let's start with... Planting, growing, and harvesting tips. Looks like you brought some stuff to the shoe. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I think I need to get to that part of my notes. There we go. Uh, so, yeah, first thing I have here is growing shallots. How to plant shallots in the fall, which I did not know that you could plant them in the fall. Mm -hmm. Um. I thought that there was something you had to plant in the spring, otherwise they would just kind of rot. Nope. But... You plant those in your onions and your garlic all in the fall. Yeah. It's interesting. I always <clears> figured, <throat> like, for some of, like, for, for garlic and onions, I found that out by accident, but uh, for shallots, I don't know, for some reason I just well, assumed that they would rot. You know, a shallot is just an onion. But, really? <laughs> Yeah, I thought it's, they were different. They're different flavor. It's still an onion. It's still it's still in the alum family. It's still in the onion family. It's a slightly different type of onion. Different flavor. Oh. Well, that is something I did not know. It's like and you could use in place of shallots when you're cooking, if you've got small onion bulbs, which I managed to harvest a crap load of this year. 
those small onions work just like shallots because they have a similar flavor to shallots when they're young. All right then. Yep. But any all your bulb plants can be planted in the fall. I've got to I've got to dig up my my horseradish next week or the week after, and once I grab the roots I want, then I got to plant it back in the ground for the for the winter. Uh. One I have on here is five ways to keep pumpkins from rotting, both well, carved and uncarved pumpkins. They give you five tips for. Well, this would be cool. I bought myself a pumpkin and it rotted in a week before I could do anything to it. Yeah, you actually, your, your sad pumpkin came to mind when I saw this. I was like, oh, this would probably help out a few different people. Yeah. As, I, I do like the fact that they give you tips for carved and not carved. And, mm. It's cool. I was actually thinking maybe I should just go buy pumpkins to stash away for eating later in the season. Yeah, well, pumpkins don't store very well. No, they're, they don't, they, they store for like a month or two at best. That's why you have to buy winter squash pumpkins, which are a different, they got a thicker rind and they're, they're a little thicker, better protection. Uh, next one I have is saving gladiolas. So depending upon where you live, you may be able to simply overwinter these in your garden, or you may have to take them inside if you like your gladiolas. If you like gladiolas, I <laughs> haven't found a use for them yet, so I won't grow well, them. You, um, <laughs> Yeah, my brain just turned off. Something about gladiolas. I think I read something about parts of them being edible or something. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't know that yet. <laughs> uh, next one I have is deer-resistant bulbs. For those, so this of, is, hmm? so for those of you that like your flowers and you don't want the deer munching on them. Yeah, it goes through and it names off the various bulbs that you can put out in the fall for spring flowers. And then it points out which ones are deer-resistant so you can... Plant the non-deer resistant ones near the deer resistant ones, and it helps keep the deer away. Oh, okay. So they put something out that the deer don't like. That's yep. useful. That's useful for those that like growing flowers and bulbs. And it's like, I grow plants. They need to provide something for me. They really do. I mean, it's nice to have some pretty flowers once in a while, but I've learned if you plant the right, fla the right flowers, they're not only pretty, but they're useful. Mm. You know, so I prefer to plant pretty and useful flowers, not just flowers that are pretty and take up <laughs> space and time and effort. Uh, next one up is mulching your garden. This is an article not only on how to mulch, but also the positives and negatives about mulching and whether or not mulching is right for your garden. Yeah, well, mulching, I've discovered through my experimentation, it's not always the best thing for what you're doing. Depends on it depends on what I was growing. My garden beds themselves, I tried doing the mulching thing and it just didn't seem to help help much and it got in the way a lot of the times. But I used it in another garden bed that wasn't so much for growing stuff, but growing other things in it and it did wonders on it. So it is mm -hmm. kind of a a hit and miss sort of thing. Yeah, and this is a pretty decent um, once through, just giving you the idea of what, what mulch is good for, what it isn't good for. And mm -hmm that kind of stuff yeah well one of the good things it helps is it does help add to your plant your soil fertility over time mm -hmm. yeah 
Like I know that my walkways in a couple of five years, my walkways are going to be some of the richest soil around for a depth of six inches. I may have to start planting things oh, yeah. in my walkways because I've been mulching them. I'm, I started mulching them immediately and I'll be mulching it every year because I put in fresh mulch on top of the old mulch every year. The next one I've got here is plant hardiness zones in Canada and the USA. And this can actually be a very useful graph to have a look at when planning what, uh, what and when you're going to plant things. Yeah. It starts out with USA for two of the pictures, and then the third one is Canada. Yeah, we live in zone eight. Yeah. I've learned that because uh, I think it's 8A is ours. <clears throat> 7B8A, that's what it looks like, 7B8A. Where I'm, where, where I'm growing the oasis at is like uh, eight, is zone mm -hmm. eight. And it's important to know your zone because there's some plants that won't do well outside those zones. And some plants will only grow in zone nine or better. You know. Always good to make sure you understand your zone. And we don't really, do we have a zone nine in Canada? I don't know. It goes to zone 9A here, but it looks like the very southern tip of uh, BC mainland. It's got zone 9, 9, 8B and 9, which means they're a little warmer zones. Because when you look at the states, you'll see the states goes up to, well, you can't read it. It's bloody unreadable. It's, <laughs> it gets much warmer. It goes all the way up to zone 15 and such. You know, I can't remember yeah. all the zone numbers. But it is important to know the zone you're in because there are plants that just won't grow in your zone no matter how hard you try unless you grow them in a greenhouse or indoors. You know, for, for instance, avocado trees. I would, I would love it if I could grow an avocado year-round here <clears throat> and actually get avocados off it. And there are also some plants that will only grow in your zone. That's right. Some, some won't grow in warmer zones. So... You just really got to pay attention to it. Uh, the next one I have here is Crop Rotation 101, Tips for Vegetable Gardens. This is a pretty good basic rundown. Whether it's your first or your fifth year doing this, it's always good to just have a look and what they have to say because you might pick up some tips that you didn't know before. That's what I want to do. I like that. That's a good idea right there. I've been trying to figure out a good way to build myself hoops to put over parts of my garden beds, and I like what they've done here with these this little hoop thing, that they can move those hoops around to different plants. <laughs> That's kind of useful. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Well, it, it is important to rotate your crops around. Um, you can get away from many get away with it for many years in the same garden beds. It's like I'm not looking forward to rotating some of mine because I've built out certain beds for certain areas because I've got beds that are hotter beds than others in my garden just based on the way the sun flows across the yard and the shade it gets. Mm -hmm. You know, I've only got like three beds I can grow tomatoes in. And so I've got to I've got to be aware of it, but there are ways to mitigate the problem of having to uh, rotate your crops. And that is by enhancing your soil. And that's one creepy bug. Looks like a whole bunch of say, eyeballs. I think that's a horn caterpillar. It looks like eyeballs and little faces. <laughs> it looks like little faces and eyeballs. That's just creepy. I think that's the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. Uh-huh. 
Yes, it's creepy, man. All right. Yeah, and the you gotta you gotta pay attention to what you're rotating around to different things. The reason you want to rotate is to keep the bugs and critters from from setting up shop. Because certain bugs attack certain plants and they'll start to set up shop in your soil and around your plants. And so when you plant them the following year, the bugs get a head start on your stuff mm. and just destroy it. So I'll be looking at ways to mitigate that problem. Ways that don't involve any chemicals because I am growing chemical-free gardens. You know, as and much the as bumblebees I, love it. Yes, the bumblebees love it. The hummingbirds love it. The other birds love it. All the critters and bugs and everything love it just fine. So, all right. Well, let's see what we got. You got a couple of random garden things. How do birds know when to migrate? Um, they look at Actually their clock. Found this article pretty interesting. They look. They look at their. They look at their clock. Their clock says it's time to go. I don't know. No, it actually has to do with a mixture of weather, sun, all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. I found it very interesting. I also, I believe <coughs> that this article is one that talks about how godwit birds fly for eight days straight, every seasonal change from Alaska to New Zealand, then right back. That's a hell of a really trip cool. to New Zealand from Alaska. I know. And they do it in eight days. And it's amazing what their bodies do. Do, do they, they fly Do they fly across the Pacific Ocean and do that? Yeah, they do. I mean, once they get out in the Pacific Ocean, man, if they run out of, if they run out of steam, they've got nowhere to go. Yeah, they're dead. Unless I'm not sure if the birds like land and can rest in the water. I'm not sure. I mm. I didn't I don't remember. But okay. that stuck with me. The the godwit birds. Hmm. That one's kind of bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Well, the changing angle of sunlight would be a big. I was noticing the changing angle of sunlight this weekend at the uh, oasis. I was noticing how how much lower in the sky the sun already is, and mm -hmm. how much less sun I'm getting because of all the trees off to the. Uh, southern part the southern off the southern direction there's a whole pile of trees about 300 yards off that are just <laughs> big giant forest trees on a small ridge line that as soon as the sun hits the low levels i get little shade and it's like i know from uh, approximately december 10th or so until january 15th or so i literally get no sunshine into the oasis yard zero absolute zero sunshine sun comes yeah, up really cold Sun comes up and it's a sunny day, but not a single drop of that sun hits the yard because of all the wow. uh, trees that it does because the sun is so low in the sky. Yeah, I just, I, I found this article interesting yeah. and thought I'd bring it. Yeah, that is interesting. It is interesting to think about how the animals deal with everything and how they get there. So they literally go up for, in September, they fly to New Zealand directly across the Pacific. But in the spring, they go to Australia and then to yeah. Japan and then to whatever that is. That's North and South Korea, maybe. I don't know. And then yeah. over to Alaska. Pretty interesting, eh? That's fascinating. They make that that kind of a round trip. Uh, next one I have on here is how to get rid of bad smells, which is really useful for times like when your kid spills milk on their bedroom floor even though they're not allowed to have drinks yeah. in their room yeah no they they never dis disobey <laughs> you kids are always so perfectly well behaved yeah right 
Well, this is actually very useful. Um, so far, I can attest to some of these things working that I've had to try out. Hey, so, vanilla on a light bulb. Now, there's a nice, <laughs> nice idea. And I make such good vanilla now. So, hey, I could do that. Just don't, really put, do just don't put it on the light bulb when it's hot. Yeah, I was also going to say, uh, be careful about not putting too much. Because if you put too much, it's going to smoke and burn and cause the light bulb to pop. Yep. Open windows. Neutralize the odors in the bathroom box. Coffee. Coffee works well. Coffee removes a lot of stuff. Vinegar. Vinegar. Clean up a skunked pet. Yeah, the home remedy we used to do for the dogs that got nailed by the skunks was tomato juice. I was just going to say tomato sauce, tomato juice. That's what I learned. Yeah. Well, I actually had to do it when we lived in Texas <laughs> as a kid. It seemed like every couple of weeks the damn dogs went out and chased the skunk and, and <laughs> lost every single time. <laughs> so, hard to know, man. It's just a real pain in the neck. All right. And the last one under random garden things is best way to use fall leaves in the garden. I notice that a lot of people, they still grab those leaves and bag them up, chuck them out. I know. What a waste. Well, they don't know what else to do with them, aside from stuff well, the bags and pretend. Uh, if, if they were smart, they would know you don't bother raking them unless you plan to make leaf mulch. You just leave them there to rot through the winter, and by springtime, they'll be completely gone, and you will have fed your lawn. Oh, yeah. Actually, you can actually take a lawnmower to on top of the leaves, mm -hmm. spread them out, take a lawnmower, and it yeah, chops then, them all up for you. Then they'll rot even faster for during the winter. I know. Yeah. It's like I watch these people rake them up into piles and bag them. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess if you got nothing better to do than to rake and bag leaves, but it just seems like such a waste of so such beautiful material. Now, if I well, happen to like notice anybody in my neighborhood doing that, I'll say, let me take your bags of leaves away for you. For, uh, for you. I'll take them and dispose of them properly, and I'll bring them and turn them into leaf mold mulch. <laughs> well, it's, it's like those people who gather up the grass clippings rather than leaving them on the lawn. Yeah. Well, I gather mine up, and I toss them on the compost bin because it, it helps the compost bin. Yeah, but you have a compost bin. I'm talking about people who gather them up mm. and then they throw them away they bag them up and dispose of them. yes i know that's that's another one that just, it's like okay well you were obviously never tossed <laughs> but yeah they make an excellent soil amendment now bag the thing is is you need to combine them with other materials in your compost bin to make it really well or you can just make leaf mold mulch mm -hmm. all right um, you've got cooking recipes I, too yeah Cooking and recipes. First one is a blue ribbon pumpkin pie. Anything that is blue ribbon should always be worth trying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, pumpkin pie. <laughs> and then um, to add to that one is 15 favorite pumpkin recipes. So, you know, lots of pumpkin stuff. Pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin. Bring the pumpkins coming. Yeah, hide. <laughs> pumpkin hide. Pumpkin pancakes. Yeah. Pumpkin bread. Pumpkin hummus. Really? That one I'm not interested in trying. Pumpkin hummus. Somehow that just seems wrong. Yeah. I, I just can't see myself eating pumpkin hummus. 
I mean, hummus has a flavor, very cool. And finally, yeah. since I've learned how to make hummus properly, I'll, I'll never buy hummus again. I like hummus. I don't like much store-bought hummus, but I do like hummus, especially homemade hummus. Yeah, well, I, I finally learned how to make it, and I learned one of the secrets to making it properly. If you buy the canned chickpeas, yeah, you actually need to take the canned chickpeas um, pour them into a pot and boil them for about five minutes or so. Oh. And then you pour them into a strainer and you take all the shells off them. Oh, that's something. Yeah. Yeah, you take all the shells off of them and, uh, and then you end up with just the uh, peas and you end up with a much smoother better tasting hummus makes sense when you blind when you blend it up that was that was the big secret that i kept missing in it because i kept there we always i always had these little bits and pieces in it because you get the little shell on the outside and it, it just yeah. doesn't grind up as well as the rest of the pea does but you get that shell off you get the husk off of it and it gets it's very very tasty and the secret is and even if you make your own peas from you know you you soak your own chickpeas and you make your make your own chickpeas you still have to make sure at the end you put them into a strainer, cold water, and you get all the 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 husks off of them. Mm -hmm. And it's really not that hard to do. It's really a great thing to do, and you end up with great hummus. And then, of course, make sure you got your your tahini, because tahini is the big secret too. The, yes. And I've learned I learned how to make my own tahini when I couldn't find tahini. I learned how to make my own tahini from sesame seed. Mm -hmm. So you make your own. You can make your own tahini or get some uh, pre-made tahini, and then you just got to add garlic till you got the right flavor. Garlic and oil till you got the right flavor. A little salt and pepper. I've got a recipe written down. I don't know if I've <laughs> translated it to the Rogues Tavern recipes yet, but it's one of the things that'll end up on the Rogues Tavern. Something I used to <clears throat> make a lot was uh, was roasted chickpeas. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I baked them and. What you had to do in order for them to properly crisp up was the shells. Yep. Well, there you go. Yeah, pumpkins, 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 and it's really great. One of these days, I'm gonna make some, I'm gonna make pumpkin custard from scratch, and then I'll then I'll freeze it or learn how to can it or something. As I learn more and more, I'm I'm actually dehydrating some of my. Uh, salsa right now Ooh. i want to see how i want to see how my salsa dehydrates and then how i can use it after it's dehydrated and then rehydrated it's an experiment because you know i ended up with so much salsa i made a lot of salsa but every but problem is, is every time i made a batch of salsa i could only can seven jars at a time and i always end up with a jar a half a jar to a jar left over that had to go in the fridge which meant it had to be used in two or three weeks you know, it yeah. doesn't last very long if it doesn't go through the full canning process. And so I'm dehydrating all of that stuff right now to see how it comes out and see what happens once it's all dehydrated down. And then I'll store it and then I'll experiment with it. We'll report back next year on how it works for dehydration. I mean, it could be something I use for uh, making my own uh, camping meals such as uh, instant rice and other things, you know, a little dehydrated salsa idea. in there to, to give it flavor. So lots of really interesting things you can do at your dehydrator. Pretty much everything can be dehydrated 
but not everything rehydrates very well. Also, when you go to dehydrate things, make sure you look up the best way to do it. Because I went to dehydrate cranberries. Mm -hmm. Did not know that you were supposed to boil them first till they pop. Really? I didn't know that. I just dehydrated them. Yeah, well, uh, you are supposed to put them in they make cran boiling raisins. hot water for like five to ten minutes till yeah. they pop or split open. It literally took a week for the cranberries to dehydrate. Oh, well, maybe you wouldn't have it hot enough. I mind them. I only took a few days. It's like it's like doing grapes. They turn into cran uh, cran raisins. Yeah, well, craisins. This is, they call them this craisins. Is, this is your old dehydrator, yeah. and it plug well, it in. Well, that old dehydrator is doesn't have a control on its temperature. It's kind of set. Yeah. So it, it took me actually. It took me over a week of. You, you should have tried putting. Should have tried putting them in the oven. See how that worked. Because I've never had to do. I've never had to do that with uh, cranberries. One of the helpful children packed away my baking pan. Yeah, well, they might have. <laughs> well, you're getting ready to move. You know, eventually yeah. you'll find all your shit again. Eventually. Pumpkin quiche, really? <clears throat> Pumpkin quiche. That sounds a little odd. Yeah, that does. That sounds really odd. Pumpkin ginger muffins sounds good, though. It does. Those actually sound pretty good. Pumpkin macaroni and cheese. Yeah, uh, no, I don't want ma I don't want no. pumpkin flavor in my mac and cheese. I'm sorry. Like I said, some of these, no, thank you, but a lot of yeah. them sound delicious. All right, well, let's take your peanut brittle recipe. See what we got. <laughs> yeah, this is actually. It looks like a pretty good recipe. It doesn't look like something I should ever have in my house. No. I'll never be able to peel the children off the roof again. <laughs> Sugar, corn syrup, water, peanuts, baking soda. Yeah. No, nothing wrong with that. Nothing but high quality ingredients. You're right. You know, I should make a whole bunch, leave it at your house, and then leave my kids there too. Then you can peel them off the roof. Sure. I'll just pitch them outside. <laughs> I'll watch them jump off the balcony. If you can peel them off the roof. <laughs> I've got to try and make that. I've never, I, I haven't, I made peanut brittle many years ago. Next year, if I'm, if my peanuts grow next year, we might actually be able to make peanut brittle with fresh peanuts. That actually sounds like it would taste pretty good. Yeah. You just got to decide whether you want to roast them or have them raw peanuts or boil them. You boil or, boil or roast peanuts. So I got to learn how to do that too. Try a small batch with all three. See what turns out best. Yep. That would be it. Well, that is a small batch. I mean, that's not a very big batch of a uh, cup of sugar and corn syrup. That's not a very big batch of uh, uh, peanut brittle. That's true. No. Uh, next one is easy ways to bake, roast, and puree pumpkins. So you can make your own pumpkin puree. Can it up for yourself if you want. Ah, now this is something I need to learn. Now, the canning process would probably require uh, pressure canning. Probably. It goes through how to roast and bake it first, which is also useful, especially if you're like me and didn't really grow up eating or cooking any kind of squash. No, I didn't do that much when, when you were younger. I wasn't really into squashes back then. I've only just in the last couple of years learned to appreciate squashes, mainly for the fact that they store so well in the winter and they provide mm -hmm. so much high nutrition and so much food that you can grow and store through store through the winter with many other things that you grow yeah and store so you can actually make it through the winter i mean you probably get tired of eating pumpkin and squashes through the winter but in the end you know if you're hungry it's 
better to have something that you're tired of eating than nothing to eat at all. Yeah. Yeah. Puree to cook pumpkin in a okay, or freeze it in giant for later if your puree is too dry, blah blah blah. Okay, they don't say anything here about uh canning it. So I'm gonna have to research canning pumpkin. No, let's just teach you how to make the puree. Yeah. Well they they tell you what you can you can freeze it. <clears throat> so the thing is is like freezing is a wonderful way to store shit, but if power is lost you've got a very short time to use everything that's in your freezer. Unless there's like two feet of snow outside, then you make your freezer outside and hope you can use it up soon. Well, if there's two feet of snow outside and it's, and it's, and it's consistently below zero degrees. Yeah. You know, but if it's not, you don't have a lot of time to use what's in your freezer. You yeah. know, depending on what kind of freezer and quality freezer you have, you might have a week or two weeks to use all the stuff in your freezer. And you know, generally where I live, it doesn't go it, it doesn't go and stay below freezing for any length of time. A, a day here, a few days there, a week here, a week there, and that's really about it. It's not like yeah. living in Alberta, where it goes well, late October, it drops below zero, and it doesn't come above zero until sometime in February. Yeah, you know, it's it's a big difference. So you gotta you gotta be prepared for those sorts of things. So you want to have other ways of storing stuff. You know, freezer's great, but you gotta have things stored in other ways that it can be used and it stays safe to use. I wonder what happened if you dehydrate the puree. That's another experiment I would try. I would try dehydrating it to see how the dehydration process worked, and then you know dehydrate a batch, leave it, package it, leave it for a few weeks then rehydrate it and see how well it rehydrates and how well it works in the recipes. Because mm -hmm. I, I learned many years ago when I was making my chilies, and I love my chilies when I go camping, but it was always a real pain to take wet chili when you go camping. But I learned how to dehydrate it and then how much water and how much time it took to rehydrate it when I went camping. And it turned out to be just as good as if I had. A dry freezer. Nice one, Alan. Nice to see you here. Thanks for showing up. What is a dry uh, freezer? Hmm? What is a dry freezer? It's something I don't know. You, you can freeze dry things. Oh, freeze dryer. Okay, yeah, I don't have a freeze dryer. I want one of those. That is something I so desperately want because you can freeze dry. Everything can be freeze dried. There's nothing that can't be freeze dried. And it's so light afterwards and the storage, suddenly it's 25 years. <laughs> Welcome, Alan, by the way. Yep. Thanks for showing up. All right. Let's see. Last, You've got... The last one I have under here is mold apple cider, which this recipe is very similar to the one I use. Mm -hmm. Mine has a few extra ingredients, including yep. brown sugar. Yep. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. I like I like making this every year. I change it up every, every year, add this, add that, see what tastes good, what doesn't. Yeah, apple cider, I think, is going to be one of my next year product projects, making apple cider and then making uh, uh, enhanced apple cider, letting it uh, bo uh, boost itself up to its own alcohol content. Here's a random question. Mm -hmm. Do you know if we can grow cinnamon trees here? Uh, 
I don't know. I don't think so. I think that is a tropical plant. I don't think cinnamon trees are growable here. Mm, that's a shame. I would love to be able to have a cinnamon tree. Those things are amazing. <laughs> yeah, the Harvest Right freeze dry. I should have bought it uh, two years ago when I saw it. I sort of had the money then, and I really was tempted, but I didn't. <laughs> and yeah, now I imagine there's a two-month two wait to get a... Uh, uh, harvest right freeze dryer and they are good i researched them very thoroughly when i was looking into freeze dryers and it was a couple of years ago you know back before the world lost its mind and i wasn't quite ready to take that big leap but the problem was at the time i didn't have any place i could have used it because there was no room in my apartment for the bloody thing but now i have a different place at the oasis and i actually could make room there for a freeze dryer with no problem whatsoever so it's one of those things to, to be fair though where would you put in the meantime i'd leave it in the box but I, if i if i was able to get one now if i had the money now i would uh, buy it and i would make room for it now at the oasis but two, two years ago my brain was in a different place. I was here only at the apartment. I wasn't, I barely, the Oasis was barely a beginning on my mind over two years ago. It was mm. just, it was a thought of what I was going to do. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a reality yet, but now it's a reality. So, and a lot of things have changed in the last few months to make it even more of a reality than it ever was before. So. Which actually brings us into worry about our food supply. Worrying about the food supply. It is that time, folks. Um, we're not going to go down the rabbit holes just yet. They show up after our break. All right, but Americans are going to be absolutely shocked by the empty shelves. I don't know how the empty shelves here are in Canada yet. I haven't been to the grocery store for a couple of weeks. I've got to go do some shopping tomorrow, so I'm going to go check it out and see how they're doing. But the reports I keep hearing in different parts of the United States, now this is not everywhere. No. It's in some places are worse than others. It's like listening to the No Agenda show. It's like when Adam talks about Texas, they got nothing. When John talks about California, they got everything. You know, when John mentions his wife who lives up in Washington State, they've got nothing. It's like it's like California, all the stuff comes in through California, so they grab it all before it heads out to the rest of the country. You know, I think it's 40% of all the, of all the stuff coming from the Asian Pacific goes through the uh, Los Angeles ports. And right know, now, there's a backup of uh, ships. 200 ships. Port. 200 ships are backed up and out at sea, and they're just so far behind. It's the people. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that are there, and it's not a shortage of products so much as it is a shortage of transportation and the supply lines. There's a shortage of people in the supply lines to get it there. Yeah, well, nor um, northern Wisconsin, the shelves are fine, at least for now. But And that's the thing. It's like different places, it's different results at the moment. It's kind of hit and miss. But the hit and miss stuff is kind of worrisome. And this is something you want to be aware of. You know, you want to check out some of these articles we've got in the show notes. You know, I do know that some of the larger grocers are having problems. Um, is it Augusta Farms? I think it's Augusta Farms. One of the largest manufacturers of freeze-dried goods has shut themselves down for 90 days. They yeah. did that last week or so. I think we touched on it last week. They shut themselves down for 90 days because they couldn't get the, pro the 
the products they needed to create their products. They couldn't get the supplies they needed of all the produce and other things they needed to make their supplies. So they had to shut down their, their factory for 90 days while they get themselves stocked up on stuff. Dunkin' Donuts is actually out of donuts right now. Yeah, and that's the thing. is It's, it's happening odd. It's odd things here and there, things that don't totally make sense. But those are the ones you want to look out for. Those are like the little canaries in the coal, coal mine. Oh, uh, something that I've been noticing um, in my area, because I'm a little bit off the beaten track where mm -hmm. I live right now. Yeah. We keep running out of Coca-Cola here. Yeah, well, there's a short, there's a, that, that's a, there's a problem in the shortage of plastic bottles. Yeah, but it's weird that a company like Coca-Cola runs out of their supply in places to the point where we don't have access to Coca-Cola for a couple weeks at a time. Yeah, well, they gotta, that's pretty significant. You got to remember the outlying areas are the ones that 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 get the they're the last on the delivery list. Yeah, but still, like we are close enough to the highway mm. and close to a. Uh, but you, you're you're forgetting area. it's even even here we're having a shortage of truck drivers. True, it's still it's it's a weird thing that feels surreal to me. So yeah, it's like the sh the empty shelves are going to be a problem for people, and they're not going. They're going to see them by the end of this year. They're going to be seeing them in major ways, mm -hmm. lots of other areas. So if you're not stocked up, spend some money and get stocked up. Get yourself all the essentials you need. I would recommend a minimum of six months of supplies, a year if you can do it. Two years is even better. And this is all the essentials that you need. Now, my I'm a I'm a big soda drinker. I like my I like my Coke, or I like my uh, that's a that that just comes out so wrong when they say I like my Coke. <laughs> I like my soda pop. I like my cola flavored soda soda pop. I don't actually buy Coca Cola anymore because it's always been expensive. I buy the store I buy the store brand, which is always so much cheaper and tastes close enough that I'm happy. You're so American, calling it soda pop. Uh, pop, pop, pop. What they call it? The Canadians call it pop, don't they? Yeah, we just call it pop, man. Yeah, just call it pop. Okay, so I like my pop. There we go. We'll get the Canadian <laughs> in there, uh, wound in with the southern accent. <laughs> uh, that works so well. But anyway, it's it's. Uh, if I can't drink it, I've figured out how I can make something similar. I'm working on. I've I've got a recipe from a friend of mine called um, blackberry shrub, and it's a really good recipe that creates a fermented item that you can then put into your your favorite drink and because i have a soda stream and well i should probably buy a few more canisters of co2 since there's been a shortage of co2 in the world too um which is quite annoying when you think about that whole aspect but the soda stream creates me fizzy water and i can take this uh blackberry shrub and then i can uh mix that in and have that. Now the blackberry shrub is one part or one third part fruit. And you can use blackberry. It's why it's called blackberry shrub. You can use any fruit you want. One third honey and one third apple cider vinegar, preferably your own apple cider vinegar if you've made some. And you let it ferment for a few weeks. And then that little bit there, you just scoop out a tablespoon or two into your drink and mix it up. And it's nice. really, really tasty really good stuff. My friend who gave me the recipe and introduced me to it, um, we were having it in lemonade one afternoon at her house, and it was just really quite good. 
I like this. Uh, yeah, if maybe a shortage of squirrels on your wooded property becomes that, yeah, there'll be a shortage of squirrels everywhere. Although, yeah, squirrels are pretty good, actually. Yeah, well, squirrels are pretty tasty, you know, and they're and they're easy. They're easy to clean, and twenty-two bullets and uh, uh, pellet guns will take them down quite nicely. Huh, you know, I always thought that all throughout the U.S. they called it soda, but I mean, I've only really lived in the hmm. more southern states. So. Uh, the southern states call it soda, soda pop. <laughs> it's a southern thing. We southerners are kind of weird, bent, warped. Yes, yes, you are. All right. Well, we've got some global supply chains issues. Disruption yeah, is visible from satellite. Oh, oh, okay. There's satellite images. Oh, that's outside the uh, Long Beach port. This was back on October 10th. Yeah. And at that point, there was 87 container ships of the... Uh, Los Angeles and Long Beach in Southern California mm -hmm. ports. So there was uh, 87 container ships in total, 27 in the berths, and 60 waiting. Yep. And this issue is also going on in New York, New Jersey, Georgia, Texas. And we're also getting similar reports from places like uh, China, their Yatian port. Yep. Malaysia, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Shanghai. Yeah, we'd have to check in, so, check on the Vancouver port, the Seattle port. They mm -hmm. get a lot of traffic too. Well, this is this is that's what this article is about, and I found it very interesting. Now, I found this one kind of interesting. I didn't read the article, but I saw what you wrote about it and the seafood shortage here in BC. Now, yeah. you would think, okay, why would we have a seafood shortage here? <laughs> I mean, after all, it's caught okay. here. What's that? Mm. Exporting. That's exactly what it is. It's it's exporting. You got to remember one of the interesting things that is a little known piece. You know the the Great Potato Famine of Ireland, right? Mm -hmm. You know, at that time there really wasn't a shortage of potatoes. Do you know what was happening to them? They were being exported and used to create booze. They were being exported. I don't know what they were used for, but they were being exported because there was more money in exporting them than there was in selling it locally. Yeah. So local people couldn't get the food, and it was being exported because there was more money in exporting it. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, probably the same problem we're facing here. Yeah, but they're going to blame it on overfishing. Yeah, but the fishermen are saying otherwise. Oh, yeah. uh, a couple of interesting points that this article makes is one, if you want to be able to stock up your freezer, you need to go down to the docks and make friends or at least make nice with the fishermen. And you can usually set it up so that when they come in with a catch, they contact you mm -hmm. and you you have to prepay for a certain allotment. But, you know, once yep. they have an allotment, you'll get it right away. Yep. Well, uh, another thing is that the DFO, which I can't remember what it stands Department for Department of Fisheries off Office. There we go. So the DFO is actually randomly changing things. Like um, in June this last year, there was a decades-old regulation uh, that was brought into play all over again randomly that was about the uh, little pink guys, um, prawns. So they, they brought in this rule that you cannot... Uh, cut the heads and tails off of the prawns and then put it in to be uh, shipped, you have to bring them whole and alive. Hmm. 
which really cuts down on everything because when they're whole and alive, they move and you need more space. And mm -hmm. there's all there's a lot more to it, which cuts down on their ability to grab them, which considering that, that is one of our most sustainable seafoods out there, doesn't make a lot of sense. No. So there's a lot of weird things going on. Yep, there and is. Unfortunately, uh, the media is just blaming overfishing, which really isn't the issue here. Well, I mean, admittedly, the uh, the heat wave we had this year killed a lot of fish. Yeah, well, it would do some damage to it. It actually had a lot more damage than we expected because of the lower water and all of the fishing farms and all that stuff. It yeah. had a, it, it caused a lot more damage than we expected this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting article to to and you, you you learn a lot by reading this. All right, well we'll skip the next one here. It's a swine flu outbreak, but uh, let's jump into some stocking and storage since we're coming up on the hour. All right. And uh, I'm gonna grab this one here. Ten long shelf life canned foods that every prepper should consider. I would say do it. Don't just consider. Get these things. Okay, now they're going to list off specific brands here, but don't get hung up on the brands. Yeah. Because the brands are irrelevant. One of the things you can get is spam or the other types of canned meat like spam because there's like two or three different brands of it. And this stuff lasts for years. And it's a really good thing to have. Now, spam's not, well, sad thing is when I was a kid, we used to eat spam a lot. Yeah, but spam used to actually be meat, not this mystery crap that they have. Now. Oh, no, it's always been mystery crap. It, 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 no, it's always been this mystery crap. It hasn't okay. changed. Spam has not changed in, uh, well, 40 years since I was young enough to remember eating it. It hasn't changed. The ingredients list has changed. No, all they've done is added more stuff to preserve it, I'm sure. Oh, okay. It's, the, the meat is still the same. It's always been mystery meat. All right. And uh, it's always been, you know, pork. It's always been chopped pork up, chopped pork and canned. But when I was a kid, we used to, it wasn't our favorite thing, but, you know, your grandma used to take it out of the can, slice it into chunks, and then fry it. Fried Spam is actually pretty good. Yes, it is. Yeah. I used to make uh, yeah. fried Spam on toast. Yeah, fried Spam on toast or fried Spam sandwiches. Yeah, so it's not that bad. But if you're really hungry, it'll taste like the best thing in the world to you. The other thing is, is chicken breast, chunk chicken breast, or just chicken breast in a can. Mm -hmm. Canned chicken breast, this is good for years on your cupboards, on your shelves. And if you look, it's like we went to, we went to Costco, you know, much to my chagrin because it's my least favorite store to go to. And they had a deal on chicken breast cans that day. So we got some, got a whole bunch. So it's a really good thing to have. And you just get whatever brand is available. They show Great Value, which is the brand from uh, Walmart. All the Great Value stuff, I believe, is Walmart brand. Beef stews. Get beef stews with, beef, with good beef chunks in them because they last for years, and they're really healthy, and they feed a lot. And you can actually extend a can of beef stew out quite a ways by adding some of your own broth to it and a few more veggies and other things. It can just be a base for a big beef stew and feed four or five, six people from one can. Uh, Alan, red sockeye salmon is pricey, but super dense in nutrients and lasts 
for almost five years and I can. Oh, yes. Yes, it does. Yeah, I had friends. I wish I still had contact with my friends. I had some friends that used to go salmon fishing every year in there. And they had a trailer that was rigged out with a full-on canning system. Nice. And they would go catch their limit of salmon every day and then spend the night processing and canning the salmon. Nice. And they did that for the entire fishing season. And they ended up with just cans and cans of salmon. And it was really good salmon. So I wish I still contact with them folks because I bet they still do that. Well, there's another bonus to having canned salmon. Mm -hmm. You don't have to guess if the salmon has gone bad when you open the can. Yep. You know. You, you <laughs> definitely know. It's like, can fish, really. <laughs> it's like it's like tuna you know if it's gone bad the moment you open it oh yeah yeah not a very it does not a very common thing roast beef no, I've had it happen. roast beef and broth this is a really good thing now the one thing i'm learning to do i haven't done it yet but i'm in a process of experimenting with my pressure canner you can make your own canned beef okay mm -hmm. with a can with a pressure canner so you can jar and can your own beef and it's not that hard to do from what I see. The, pre make the, the biggest thing is making sure everything is clean and processed and you do it carefully and then you use the pressure canner and run it for the right length of time. And you can can your own beef. And this, can, this could be useful if you happen to get a deal on beef sometimes, which is still going to happen occasionally, even with prices going up, there's still going to be a deals here and there. You can, if you happen to know farmers that like there's a farm here we can buy meat, you can buy a whole half cow. Mm -hmm. So you could buy that whole half cow and get all the meat and then you can pressure can all the other stuff up you need. So there's a ways to do it and, and do it well. Chili with beans. This is another one. And canned tuna. In oil is even better than water, but water is just as good. The oil gives you extra nutrients. I find that the one in water is pretty good for my house because... Yep. Oddly enough, my kids like to drink the tuna juice. Mm -hmm. Don't let them I drink. I swear I gave birth to kittens. Don't let them drink too much because it's so high in sodium that it can cause uh, kidney stones. Yeah, well, we don't eat tuna that often. You, so. you can ask your ask your brother what a kidney stone's like when you're really young. Ooh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you must have been eating way too much sodium without me knowing it. <laughs> baked beans. Make your own baked beans too. Green beans. Now, this is one that I'm going to do. I'm going to experiment with next year, considering how many bloody green beans I grew this last year. <laughs> I had so many green beans this last year. I ended up dehydrating most of them. And dehydrated green beans are great. I find them to be fantastic, especially like I like ramen noodles from time to time. And ramen noodles by themselves, you know, those little cheap ramen noodle things with the pack flavor packet. They're My kid's they're, favorite thing ever. They're just well, it was your favorite thing. You used to eat the bloody things raw. What are my kids? Yeah, you used to, you used to take them, open them up, rip the pet flavor package, shake it over the dry noodles, and then just start munching it. And yep. I was like, okay. My kids do that too. Oh, good. Good to know that the, uh, the <laughs> bet gene has continued on through the line. <laughs> but yeah, it's just funny. But, uh, but the nice thing, when I make my ramen noodles, I've got all these different dehydrated vegetables I've done. And they're in different jars. And what I do is I go through each jar and I grab a small handful of each and I throw them into the pot while I'm boiling the noodles. And I have a soup by the time I'm done. I have a very mm -hmm. healthy soup by the time I'm done instead of just plain ramen noodles. So 
dehydrated vegetables are great, but I want to learn how to can green beans. And they're, they're, again, it's something that has to be done in a pressure canner. You can't do these with water bath canners because they're such high acid that you have to run pressure canner to get them high enough to make sure that it's properly treated. Yeah. Same with corn, although I've had absolutely zero success growing corn this last year. Or the year before. Oh, no, the year before I had quite good success. Okay. I had very good success the year before. This year, I couldn't get a corn plant to start to save my life. I replanted it. This year. I replanted it four times, and it just wouldn't <laughs> grow. It just wouldn't grow for some reason. I don't know if it was the seed I got, or just the, when I planted them, or it was too wet, too dry, too hot. I don't know the problem. There was something. Diced tomatoes. Now, diced tomatoes are a little trickier to can, but um, I've been canning tomato sauce, which is just as good as diced tomatoes for me. Because my tomato sauce has chunks in it. I think I tallied it up. My my haul for tomato sauce this year was twenty can, twenty jars. I got wow. tw- I got twenty jars of tomato sauce this year. Lots I, got, I got twenty jars of tomato sauce and uh, 12, 12 jars of salsa. Nice. So I've got my salsa and, and tomato sauce that'll carry me through to at least January, February. Because I don't use it every week. But even if I did, that'd be 20 weeks of, sol- of sauce. You know, because I wouldn't do more than one meal a week with tomato sauce. So. I just had a really <clears throat> random and only mildly connected thought. What's that? We were talking about fr- uh, about uh, dehydrating pumpkin puree. Mm-hmm. And Alan mentioned that he's uh, been inspired to try freeze-drying pumpkin puree. Yeah. Well, I remember when I was a kid getting freeze-dried ice cream. Mm-hmm. So what if you were to like try dehydrating actual pumpkin pie, like the inside of it? Yeah. Or if you were to try freeze-drying it? Hey, that would be a cool idea. Freeze-dried pumpkin pie. Then you have a freeze-dried, yeah. then you have freeze-dried instant pumpkin pie. You know what would be interesting is instead of putting the pumpkin pie in a crust, because I don't know, well, the crust might free de- dehydrate. Imagine the pumpkin pie filling itself would dehydrate very well. Yeah. The crust, I'm not, or not dehydrate, but freeze dry. The crust itself, I'm not so sure. But if you freeze dry just the pumpkin pie filling, it could be something like ice cream. It could. That's, that's what I was just thinking. Like, I don't think that the crust would work very well, but oh. it's not the crust you like anyway. It's the yeah. insides and the whipped cream. So. Thanks. Thanks for showing up, Alan. Greatly appreciate you coming to the show. Um, hopefully another time for you. I know it's late for you back there on the East Coast, you know, because <laughs> it's uh, nine o'clock here. So it's pushing midnight there. So have yourself a good night. Thanks a lot. Take care. Have a good one. All right. Well, let's get a couple of other quick things out of the way here. I've got some medicinal kitchen herbs um, and nine common causes of fatigue and how to beat them. Well, that's not me. That's you. Let's go with the medicinal kitchen herbs, and then we'll take our break and move it along. Okay, this is a great article by Melissa Norris, Melissa K. Norris. She, she really likes her K. I noticed that when I was, I attended one of her little classes today online, and mm-hmm. It was interesting. She did a class on uh, on uh, some herbs for uh, the herbs you need to you want for uh, cold and flu season, which was echinacea and elderberry syrup. So, oh, that is a fantastic thing. Yep, yeah. uh, I've got to I've got to get elderberries. 
at any rate, this article here is on medicinal herbs and the energetics of herbs, what type of, uh, uh, what they do for you. It's also medicinal kitchen herbs. You know, these are your kitchen herbs that you are medicinal and food, which is garlic. Everyone knows that. Rosemary. Okay. And I have to figure out what, what rosemary is good for there. Thyme, which I have. I've grown a ton of rosemary and thyme this year. Well, I didn't grow the rosemary. I harvested it from a friend who has a rosemary bush the size of uh, size of Atlantis. You know, it's just huge. <laughs> so I, I offered to prune their rosemary bush down for them, and you'll know, bring it under control. But I get to you know take a, a big chunk of it and sell some of it at the market and dehydrate a bunch mm -hmm. of my. I've got a big giant container of rosemary now. Oh, nice! I have to snag some off of you because yeah. I went to go pack my rosemary container mm. and. I dropped it, and it all ended up on the dirty floor. So. Oh, well, you don't want to pick it up then. No. <laughs> sage, another one. And sage, I've started, my sage plant started doing really well. Because The biggest problem I had, you know how hard it is to find whole sage leaf when you're looking for sage in the grocery store? Very, very hard. All, all they want to sell you is that, that pulverized sage. Which isn't the same. It's the, it's the same, but it's not. It doesn't quite work the same in recipes. It's missing all of the good stuff that's inside of the leaves. Yeah. So it's like if I want pulverized, I can create my own now. Yeah. So at any rate, my sage has produced a. I've got an entire. I've got an entire uh, quart-sized jar of sage now after my summer of of harvesting it, and I'll have you more right. next year. My ginger, which is another one, ginger root. And I've got a bunch of ginger in the fridge. I've got to slice up. My ginger I planted this year didn't grow. Ginger's a kind of hit and miss one for our climate. Well, ginger also takes two years before you can start harvesting it. No. No. In this climate, yes. It takes about two years in this I, climate I, before last, you can last year, it. Last year, I grew it and harvested it in the same year. This weird. year, This year, I couldn't grow it at all. It didn't even sprout this year. Okay, that's weird because everything yeah. I've read says that in colder climates like ours, uh, you have to wait minimum one year, usually two mm. years before you can harvest it. No, you can harvest it the same year. Well, uh, you suck for, for uh, skirting all the rules. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's what I did. I, I, it worked very well. But ginger is one, and I've learned how I have learned to dehydrate ginger quite well and to and to pulverize it into my own ginger powder and to also chop it up finely and dehydrate that for use as chunks and also slices. And then it rehydrates quite nicely. So I do have done that with the ginger I buy in the store, but I want ginger that's fresher and better tasting than what you get in the store. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to grow it myself. And one of the big problems is the ginger is a tropical plant. And it does winter over here, but it doesn't always do so well. And you have to get it planted early in the spring in a greenhouse. And that's what I got to do this next year is I got to start it in a greenhouse and get it growing in the greenhouse, then move it outside for the summer and then harvest it and then stick it back in the greenhouse to grow it again the following year. So, but ginger is a good one. Oregano and my oregano, I finally started getting oregano in. Problem is I use oregano as fast as I grow it right now. I need yeah, more. I use a lot of oregano too. Oregano is like a magic plant. 
I'm not certain everything that it does for it, but my own oregano is so amazing. It's just, and I have, I have three different types of oregano growing and I just combine all three of them together in everything mm-hmm. I use. So it's like, I just love oregano. It's one of my favorite plants. Okay. So yeah, it's like, you know, and these are some really typical plants in your house that you can use when you're cooking for enhancing your health. And I, you have to look up all the different things they can be used for when you use them for herbal treatments. Because that's interesting. I use a lot of those herbs just for cooking. I, I didn't even think about, I don't even think about the uh, medicinal uses, yeah. but they're pretty much all in all of my food that I make. Yeah, well, in your foods is a good help for your diet. But you got to remember one of the interesting things is when you're using them medicinally, you use it at a rate about four to five times more than what you use for your food. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. It's, you use it much stronger for your foods. One of the things I learned from that course today was you have to get ahead of any illnesses. Herbs don't work like, you know, buying NyQuil. You know, NyQuil yeah. knocks you out, treats you really for the symptoms that are full-blown. Herbs, to be effective, they need to be used before the symptoms are full-blown. When you first yeah. feel that little tickle in the back of your throat, and you think, oh, there's something not right. I might be coming down with a cold. Well, your inner, your inner voice knows, yes, you're coming down with a cold. And that's when you need to make up your echinacea teas and your lemon ball mixes and the other things and your elderberry syrup or whatever. And you start using those things immediately. You don't wait until the symptoms are full blown. You get ahead of them. And you got to remember, many of these herbs also have antiviral properties. But those antiviral properties only work when they can get ahead of the virus that's coming after you. Yeah. They don't help once the virus has established itself. They help mitigate it a little bit, but not by much. You know what I've always found quite entertaining? Hmm. About half of the herbs that are antiviral and help you to fight off any illnesses are also aphrodisiacs. Yeah, well, (laughs) why not? I think the gods just have a twisted sense of humor. They absolutely do. <laughs> they absolutely do. All right. Well, it's uh, just past top of the hour here. I think it's time for a little break. Me to go empty my little squirrel bladder and uh, a little bit of music. So let's go with this one. Saturday night, the chance to let 
holler and scream. It's the blue collar workers, boisterous Saturday night. Get lucky, you'll find romance. Drink too much of that, I'm sure. Wake next morning with your head so sore. I'll call by a boisterous Saturday night. It's the boys, not the house, and the girls, not the proud. It's the blue collar workers, boisterous Saturday night. A chance to let off steam. A chance to holler and scream It's the blue-collar workers Boisterous Saturday night It's the boys not to howl And the girls not to prowl It's the blue-collar workers Boisterous Saturday night A chance to let off steam A chance to holler and scream It's the blue-collar workers Boisterous Saturday night. Lord, it's a blue collar worker. Mm, boisterous Saturday night. So there is an error with my backup recording device that just doesn't want to record for some reason. That's an error that seems to be popping up more often than not lately. Uh, it happened, it away, it happened last week. I think it has to do with this uh, Streamlabs OBS sucking away the resources from it for some reason. Makes sense. You know, tying up the microphone exclusively like it shouldn't do. Because it's not even picking up the microphone. Odd. That is truly odd because I tested it before we started and it was all working. But uh, as soon as I went live. All right. Well, that's something to look into. Another little goof. Murphy's having fun. It means I'll just have to wait for the YouTube version to render and I'll download it. And I'll do what I did last week, which is strip the audio from the YouTube version. Just make sure you don't play leapfrog with any unicorns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. All right. Let's wander into... Warning, warning, unlawful content. Let's go down some rabbit holes and see where we go. Which rabbit hole shall we do first? Well, we could start with uh, what I put under random happy videos there. Okay. Wokeism is a form of mental illness. Oh. This just makes me happy. The definition that Joy Pullman uh, gives for what she's saying here is mental illness is at its core a disconnection from reality. And he, uh, she defines it in part as an ideology that declares a war on reality and a war on nature. Hmm. I listened to the whole video. It's actually quite entertaining. I also put in the link to her article. And I am now subscribed to get the, the weekly newsletters from their site because hmm. it, it has a lot of really interesting information. Yeah. Well, I will skip playing the video here because, you know, we got to behave a little bit since we're still on the tubes. 
Yeah, but you know, I really like the point that she makes. Yeah. It yeah. ma she makes some really good points. I like it. You'll want to come back to the show notes because all of these links will be in the show notes. Yeah. So that's my happy video of the day. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's see this. No satellite phone. Use your regular phone soon. Yeah, this is actually pretty cool too. Uh, the, the company named Link, L-Y-N-K, uh, they're actually working on turning your smartphone into a satellite phone. They've already been able to send text messages as a test through the satellite system just using a regular run-of-the-mill smartphone. They hmm. are working on making it possible for you to turn your smartphone into a satellite phone. Hmm. I that, really like that. That's interesting. I wonder how yeah, they do so, that because, you know, the the smartphone has to reach. Well, I guess they could be going through the GPS system in the satellite and the smartphone. Because I'm trying to think the only way they can, the only way a smartphone hits the satellites is by the GPS system in it. Because the smartphone still has to get up to a satellite. Yeah. So maybe it is worth putting a cell phone into that Faraday box you have. Well, could be. Could be worth sticking one in there, but you'd have to be a more a more modern one in some aspects. You know, the biggest thing is, is, you know, a satellite phone, even if you stuck one in a Faraday cage, you know, you'd have to be paying for a service to access the satellites unless you know how to hack through it. Whereas if they actually get this up and running fully, just run it. Which I think is pretty cool. The phone. Yeah, I, I'd have to read more about how they, they possibly do that. That's an interesting one. Yeah, it's something I'm going to be keeping an eye on for sure. All right, before we tap into the Rona going to get you, let's talk about the Great Reset. All right. You know, things showing the emergence of the Great Reset. Yeah, we have quite a few things under that. We have quite a bit. We really didn't touch on this last week. True. Let's uh, deal with some of it. Starting with... Robot dog. They strapped a sniper rifle to a robot dog. Those things are so creepy, man. They could have at least given them ads. Yeah, but they strapped a sniper rifle to a robot dog. Yep. Some Something about that just tells me... What are they asking for now? It's like, <laughs> you don't want to give a robot... A sniper rifle. Skynet, here we come. It's pretty much where we're at. Skynet, here we come, man. <laughs> we're on our way to Skynet now. Oh my goodness, does that put me in the uh, your old category now? Because I don't think my kids even know who Terminator is. Oh, sure they do. There was a Terminator movie recently. They completely cuckified um, the Terminator and turned him into a useless old man and uh, Wait, and told them the world is all good. It's all women now. There's no there's no men that uh, save the world. It's three women that save the world because what? they killed off John Connor. Oh my God! You didn't you didn't see the? I think I watched it like last year, the year before it came out. It was uh, Terminator Dark Edition or something. You know, if I came across it, my mind probably ejected the information yeah. immediately. Yeah, well, I was forced to watch it because my kids watched it, and I sat there and threw it, and I'm like, oh, dear God, cuckified <laughs> poor, uh, 
poor Arnold, but Arnold had been cuckified for a while. But it was like the yeah. you know they killed off John John Connor in the movie, who was obvi- who was obviously the savior of the of the world, but he no longer exists. Some random chick, another uh, Nancy. Uh, what do they call him? Um, that was kind of the whole point of the freaking storyline was mm-hmm. the Terminator came back to save the life of the child. Mm-hmm. The child grew up. He led the rebellion. That yeah. was kind of the yeah. whole thing. How yeah. could they kill off? Oh. But now, now the world is saved by three lone women, man. Magical women. One of them's a Terminator woman, and the other, the other is John Connor's mom because you know her her son and his was mom. Ki- yeah, his mom was killed. Uh, what's her name? The the lady who played her to played her came back. Sarah and Connor. Sarah yeah Sarah Connor. She came back and she came back and reprised the role of Sarah Connor in this movie. Only Sarah Connor without a kid. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, my brain. My, yeah. Huh, yeah. It, Terminator it, was so cool. Oh, I know Terminator was so cool, and even the following two Terminators, you know, weren't too bad, but they kept the. They kept the universe as the same. A, the same, and this one here, they started breaking the universe a couple of years ago. They created oh, a couple no. of them like that where they broke the universe. You know, they they had one where they semi broke it. John Connor was still in it, but but Sarah Connor um, was completely different. It was really a bizarre thing. It was different, and they had a different person playing the Sarah Connor character. But it was it was it was it was, it was still acceptable because it was still bit more plausible but this new one the latest one with the the three feminists in there it just it was completely non-plausible bad that's bad yeah it was horrible so anyway so the other thing we've got here we've got empty shelves severe shortages and widespread crop failures ahead in the fall of 2021 which about now anyone who's been paying attention We'll know that we've had massive crop failures this year. Yeah, we really have. Although all across the, globe. The, the mainstream media doesn't talk about them. No, they're talking about the supply chains only now. Yeah. So crop but, failures, I think we have another four or five months before they start talking about those. Yeah, at least until February, March, when it suddenly becomes unavoidable. To yeah. why are we not having like, you know, usually this time of year when the crops come in, there's big sales on green beans and corn, yeah. all the canned stuff. There's big sales on, but there haven't been as big as sales because they didn't get big as crops, so they're not wiping out the, uh, they're, they're not needing the, the storage space. So that's why yeah, the sales came out. The sales came out because they needed the storage space for the stuff yeah. that was being harvested. So we've got a lot coming down the pike on it. You know, although if you look at the USDA scale, they scale it back to expectations. Um, the inventories are dwindling of for corn, wheat, and soybeans. They're at their lowest level since 2013. So they're getting down there. Yep. And in that same process, the dark winter is back in the media. Winter is coming. No, but the dark winter is coming. Remember last year, you know, um, riding with Biden was, uh, you know, talking about the dark winter. Yeah. He wasn't talking about last winter. Apparently not, although it was bloody cold. 
that's not what they've been referring to. They've been referring to the shortage of food and the high prices and the shortage of stock in the stores. They were talking about this a year ago. He was ahead of schedule. But then yeah, they, well, he reads what he he only reads what he's given when he can read. Yep. So we've got lots coming out due to the EIO recession. We are now being told that another recession is just around the corner. Yep. With the scamdemic restrictions, widespread shortages, millions of workers. This is the one thing that keeps coming up. And the economic collapse blog, which is what we're looking at here, he keeps talking about this while no one else is. It's the millions of workers that have appeared to disappeared from the system. Yeah. We have millions of workers missing and nobody can account for them. Wait, just missing? I thought there yep. was millions of workers who just fucked off and went home because they well, didn't want to work anymore. But how are they surviving? From the DCB and handouts. And Those are disappearing. And yet those workers are not, re those, those millions of workers are not returning back to work. Huh. He's brought this up. He brought this up a couple, three months ago. You know, and I thought, okay, well, people are still getting handouts. But as the handouts have disappeared, it's like these workers haven't come back. They're disappeared. They're gone. It's like, if you want a job right now, you can get a job. Yeah, it's not hard to get a job. I thought that most people just didn't go back to work because they didn't have to work for money. Yeah, well... They're going to have to soon, but it's like, it's like he, he keeps bringing this up and it's like, I keep looking at it and I'm thinking, he's right. Where are all these workers? They can't be getting that much anymore because all those extra bonuses, like those bonuses in Canada have disappeared. Those bonuses across uh, the United States have disappeared. They disappeared. They disappeared. They disappeared last month, last month or the month uh, before. I I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. And yet, huh. <clears throat> through these mandates they're doing, they're ensuring that even more tens of thousands of workers disappear from the workforce. You know, that question may actually uh, connect with one of the things I brought. Okay, um, which one? Uh, let's see, where did I put it? see if I can find it real quick. Okay. Uh, still the same same category. It's the last one. Flying loads of underage migrant, migrants being relocated under cover of darkness by Biden admin. Oh, this the one reason, This one here has a whole nother bent to it. Yeah, but the reason why I say it kind of connects is because this is like the one I brought, but I've seen multitude of articles talking about people who are vanishing with the migrants, people who are helping the migrants, but then they don't come back. Yeah. So it's, that's actually something that I hadn't really thought about either. Just say, like, I've read lots of things where um, they say that these workers went with the migrants, but then every time I read an article, it's always about these, these workers, first time going with them or what have you. And it's, I'm thinking about from a different perspective now. It's like a lot of people are stepping up to help these migrants, but they're not coming back along with all these kids, with all these random migrants who are just vanishing either into the ether or what they're saying on here is that they're being settled into the various communities. But if they're being settled into the various communities, 
Why don't we hear about them, or why don't the community see them? They're they're miners, man. It's not like they can get jobs and do things on their own. They have to, they have to have a place to live, someone to support them. Yeah, but all the schools have all the public schools have way less people. Yeah, or way less kids going <clears throat> to them than they've ever had before. So where are they going? That's my point. Yeah, it's it's a different perspective to think about this. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you got something to think about. Here's another one. Beef will now be a luxury product. And cheap chicken dinners are coming to an end. Huh. I don't know. For the next couple months, we're probably still going to have a lot of sale on beef due Mm -hmm. to the fact that they're going to have to really start calling all the animals. Mm -hmm. Well, but... A Danish Crown chief executive officer said in an interview with a Danish newspaper, beef is not going to be super climate friendly. It'll be a luxury product that we eat when we want to treat ourselves. Although pork would be okay. Not like it's grown any differently than beef. What does climate friendly have to do with it? Oh, this is about uh, how beef beef, uh, cattle fart too much and create... uh, greenhouse gases polluting the atmosphere and pigs don't <clears throat> no pigs pigs are much healthier for the everything come on i mean it's wow. they, they 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 make no sense in these things but they'll always have the alternatives of lab-grown bio meat and meat made from the most disgusting things on the planet earth you know they're actually looking at where this one i've got this one here and this thing here it's uh here it is some of the most disgusting things imaginable will be used to create our food. Japanese science create meat made from poop. You know, I used to buy paper made from poop. I thought that was just funny. Mm-hmm. Meat made from poop? Yes, meat made from poop. Lab-grown meat. There's a reason our bodies excrete that shit. That's right. Literally. Literally, yes, I know. <laughs> there's a reason why it's pushed out because there's nothing there left. Of that we can use anymore, and now so, they're looking at growing it into meat we can reeat. But eating, wow, you'll starve. Mm-hmm. It's like the people who used to eat the uh, the fat animals. I think they were woolly mammoths or something. Mm-hmm. People died with full bellies because there was nothing there for them nutrition wise. Well, as they say, if you were to raise rabbits for meat. Mm-hmm. and that was your sole source of protein, you would starve to death eating rabbits. With a full belly, you With would With a full of belly, yes. you would starve to death because there's not enough nutrition to support your life. Exactly. Because we need a wide variety of nutrition. That's why we're, that's why we're omnivores. Mm-hmm. We need a wide variety of nutrition. We are not cats who can survive solely off of meat. Cats huh. being obligatory carnivores. Wouldn't it be great if we could just become vampires and feed off the blood of any living creature? That would be cool. That would be really cool. All right. Let's grab a couple other ones here. Life isn't even, tr- the left isn't even trying to hide it anymore. Yeah, I found this article very interesting and a little more on the serious side for Not the Bee. Like, Not the Bee is still. They are serious, but they often are still funny with all their articles. Mm -hmm. But this one, they're a little more on the serious side, pointing out that 
conservatives, yes, they're all being lumped in with conspiracy theorists. And there are reporters like Katie Couric who are admitting to editing exchanges and interviews in order to protect the interviewee, so yeah. long as the person is on the right side. Yeah. And Pelosi stating to the media, well, I think you all could do a better job of selling, to be very frank with you, when speaking about the new bill oh, that yeah. the government is bringing forth. It's like, these things are crazy. I mean, 10, 10 15 years ago, these people would have been, they would have been removed. They would have been more subtle about it. Even then, even if they were more subtle about it, they probably still would have been removed because they're being asses. But, I mean, being like this and nobody's even lifting a finger to say a thing, it's, it's amazing the amount of people who live in fear. The question is, what is the fear about? Uh, the fear is about them losing power. They don't want to lose their power, their power and control. No, I mean, the people who are listening. Actually, that reminds me of my pet peeve for this week. Do you mind if we go to that? Yep, let's drop into your pet peeve. Why not? So my pet peeve is, again, one of my passionate topics. A woman raw paid. Yes. On a train. The oh, yes. Okay. I've seen something about this. Yeah. Go ahead. And it actually took the train pulling up into a station and a uh, worker of the train station seeing what was happening mm -hmm. called 911. Do you know why? Be I, I don't get it. They were all just standing around and watching it. Thank the guy the didn't have a gun. He didn't have a knife. Thank what the, was going on? Thank the feminists for that because the ones that might have interfered and stopped it might have been sued by the woman or some what? other thing. Oh, yeah, it's happened. Similar things have happened. There's there's a woman that sued a man who helped her out of a tough spot. So she sued him. So men are like, fuck this shit, I'm out. It makes me sick to my stomach. I mean, it, it make it seriously, it's disgusting that yeah. people are stuck like this. Like mm -hmm. Nothing happened. No, uh, they, 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 it's, I, I, I saw something about this earlier, and it was like, yeah, I looked at it, and it's like, yeah, no. It's like, I understand why people don't want to get involved because they're like, screw this. I get involved. I'm going to get sued. I'm going to be the one to blame. They'll take me down, especially because I can't say the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the not the race, um, the the uh, special aesthetics of the person who was doing the rapayan uh, makes it even worse because those special aesthetics of the person that was doing the rapayan has been uh, promulgated over the last year that all of those people of those special aesthetics, such as BLM, they can go out and create any crime they want and get away with it. This fellow was homeless. Not Doesn't matter. Special aesthetic. Special aesthetic of color. Oh. Now that I now that I now that I want to get now that I get it into your head what it is. I, I have to I have to play word games here with the uh, I know with the tube. So 
So, and this is actually what it was. And because, and if you go looking for a photo of this person, you will not find one. No, I haven't. And it's very hard to find it. Whenever you can't find a photo of the perpetrator, there's a 98% chance that they're a person of special aesthetics. You know, being a woman who was unable to fight this kind of action off myself, I get really, really angry when yeah. I hear about people who experience this. And there is a whole group of people standing around them acting like the ridiculous, brainless numbskulls who could do anything. It wouldn't matter what you did. Talk, yell, scream, bodily assault. Doesn't matter what you do, but do something when you see that the person can't do anything. See, that that's where my mind goes. And the idea that anybody would get mad, that mm -hmm. they would that they would have an issue with getting the uh, help that they very obviously need that also makes me sick it yeah but this is this is what your feminism 4.0 or 3.0 or whatever version we're on now has brought to the world that is not what i fight fought for mm -hmm. that is not that may what... not be what you fought for but that's what it is now what i fought for was for the right for women to be believed when shit like this happens. Mm -hmm. I fought for the right for women to be able to stand equally and be a welder too, or be a mechanic too, and not be laughed at. Yep. I did not fight for the inability of men to help a woman who obviously needs help. I did not fight for this ridiculousness and the brainlessness yep. of the people. Yep. That seems to be way worse than any other pandemic that we could possibly think of. Oh, yeah. It sickens me. And like I said, this is a topic that I am very passionate about. Yep. And it it really, really sickens me and really bothers me. Yep. That this kind of BS can happen. And the only result is protection of the individual's identity a report on it for a few days in a row yep and that's it yep nothing more oh yeah what is that i have no idea it's a very high pitch noise oh yeah. it's gone now yeah i was i was checking something trying to figure out something while you're talking and it kicked that noise up so i can't do that now Honestly, there is a large part of me that thinks that we were dealing with BS like this properly in the early 1900s. Mm -hmm. We had the right idea at that point. Remove the individuals from the gene pool. Yep. Because I'm sorry, but once a person hits about 30 years old, they're, they're not going to change. Hey, we're out not of Mercury really. retrograde. Uh, Panzer says he was released by ICE. I don't. Panzer says, how come I don't have a pan? Oh, there he is. He was released by ICE. ICE? ICE? Um, what? Immigration something in the States. Oh, of course he was released. Yep. Yeah, there, there's a lot that goes into it. It's, it's really quite an insane thing. Anytime that anything actually bad happens, Nothing is done. But when something 
very tiny, like, oh, he looked at me wrong. Oh, the whole world explodes. Yeah. Oh, he's in the country illegally. Interesting. Yeah, it makes it even better. Probably it's better and better and better. Probably has more freedom in the U.S. than he did in his home country. In his mm -hmm. home country, he'd yeah. probably be killed. Mm -hmm. Just an opinion. I don't actually know. I'm not basing that statement on fact at all. Mm -hmm. Just passionate and sad. Well, absolutely. Anyway, that is my pet peeve of the week. All right. Well, we've gone off the rails here. Let's uh, wander back into some really fun stuff and have some more wordplay fun. Everybody hey. was fighting <laughs> And all in Wuhan dying And it was a little bit frightening That never gets old. No, it really doesn't. I love that song. All right. Let's dive into some real fun here. This could get me uh, get us in a little bit of trouble, but let's dive into it anyway. <clears throat> we'll be gentle. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's probably it's still surviving on Twitter, it looks like. These are the Rona stats for all of Canada. Okay. This was data as of October 13th, 2021. This is since the beginning of the Rona. Okay. These are not new. The mortality rate across Canada, 0.07%. Survival rate, 99.93%. Wow, the survival rate is even higher now. Excellent. Well, the more data we get, the better it becomes. True. Okay. This is the problem here. This, the problem is the longer this goes on, the more data we get, the more bullshit it's proved. Yeah. Okay. A after all, it's being called the boomer remover for a reason. <laughs> That's what it's being called. It's being nicknamed. It's been nicknamed the boomer remover. For, yeah, see, I've got this cartoon image of a boomerang going and collecting all these geriatric people yeah. and then coming back with them. Uh, all the geriatric people are the boomers. Yeah. Okay. The survival rate based on 28,367 deaths. The overall fatality rate, 0.07%. Survival rate, 99.93%. Case survival rate, the case survival rate, 98.24%. Oh, that hasn't changed. The, well, this is the actual people that were diagnosed before they died. Yeah. Okay. No, no infection survival rate, no data on that. Population, population of Canada, 38,005,238. Total PCR test done, 44,641. Seems that some people have wait, been wait. there more, uh, some people have been there more than once for their PCR test. <laughs> okay. Confirmed. Or unconfirmed cases, 1,670,241 of 44 million tests. So we've okay. only had a million cases confirmed. Which is what, a third? That's not even a third. A That's a not fourth. even a fourth. A fourth would be 10 million. You're right, actually. Okay. A fourth, uh, no, a fourth, that would be 10% would be 10 million. This is less than 10, this is less than 10%. This is less than 5%. This is less than 5% of the, of the, of the, of the population. I'd have to do the hang on and see if my calculator, let's see if my calculator can do this math. Okay, so we've got 
Numbers are not my friend. 44, I had a yeah, neither am I. 641-773 divided by um, 1672 No, that's not right. Hang on a second. Do this right here. I have such a tough time with percentages sometimes. Six four one seven seven three times one six seven zero two four one percent. Nope, that's not right either. I'm still having troubles. I can't. I can't do the math for some reason. My brain's not uh, uh, able to do the math right now. You know, I, I had to literally bite my tongue so I didn't start saying random numbers. Yeah, oh, well, <laughs> that would have even made it harder. At any rate, it's a very low percentage of confirmed yeah. cases versus tests done. Okay, the PCR cycle threshold varies by province. So the provinces with the highest number of cases have the highest number of PCR tests, uh, cycle tests, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Total PCR tests and probable of all time is the 1670 number. Oh, here it is. Percentage profit. They gave us the percentage right here. 3.74% or wow, positive cases. so high of a percent. I don't so, know what we're going to do. So we, Canada has <laughs> gone full nuttard for 3.74% of the population. I wonder what Australia's percentage is. Probably about the same. I'm willing to bet if you do this math across everywhere in the world, it's about the same. It won't vary by much. It will not vary by much. Okay. Huh. Hospitalizations with the Rona as of October 11th, 2021. Patients in the hospital, 1,793. Includes those in ICU. Mm -hmm. In those in ICU, 693. Deaths by age as of October 8th. 2021. This is how many people have died by age. 0 to 19, 17 people. 20 to 39, 252 people. 40 to 59, 1,520 people. 60 to 69, 2,782. 70 to 79, 5,742. Over 80, 17,000. This is why it's called the boomer remover. <laughs> okay. They're not given an average age of death. We could, we could, we could do the math here if we had the time. Math is not either my or your friend right now. So okay. Don't bother. Now <laughs> here's the other fun thing: the average provincial life expect expectancy, average life expectancy across Canada is about 82 years old. And of the mass majority of the people who died, were over 80. Yep. What does that tell you? That most of them were on their way out anyway. Yes, yes, they were. Now, here's the best part, okay? We go back to this first number of the total deaths in Canada, which was, what was that number again? Where'd that go? I can't remember. Uh, it's in here. I go back to it. Go back to it. They had it right up top. Okay, 28,000, okay, were died. Mm -hmm. The total deaths in Canada for 2019 was 284,000. 
Wow. Okay, let that sink in. This is interesting. Okay, these are some interesting numbers. So it's basically what it's telling you is that the survival rate is very, very high. Percentage-wise, your chances of dying of this are the same as catching a very bad flu and dying. Mm -hmm. And we have had bad flu years where we've had this number of deaths in Canada. Yeah. Now, this isn't the U.S. The U.S. has got a higher population. they got 300 million people compared to our 30 million. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, the numbers. But, but if you put the numbers out appropriately, I'm willing to bet the percentages are about, are about the same. Probably. So. Um, I actually wanted to bring forth uh, Israeli News Live bringing on doctors of all kinds. Okay. So this video, you have to start at 1444. Uh, it doesn't give you an option to catch it at that time. <laughs> Good afternoon, here, friends. Stephen and Young. Shush. But, uh, it's very interesting. This is a fella from, uh, who, has, who got his PhD from Oxford. And he is literally repeating what the creator of the mRNA back says about the mRNA back. Okay. Well, we're pushing up to it. Let's... Uh... Have a listen. After we do this broadcast. Yeah, here. so let's have a listen, Steve. Okay. Make the mouse work. We're not <laughs> by the computer, so. The last person. My name's Dr. Sean Brooks, PhD. Um, Oxford. I have 48 publications, including 23 books. I've studied health medicine, anatomy, and physiology for approximately 21 years. Dr. Robert Malone, who created the messenger RNA vaccine, has said no one should ever take these jabs ever under any circumstance whatsoever. He created it, and he says don't ever do it. So let me explain what's going to happen to the people who have ta taken it. Excuse me. The people who have taken it... Okay, I'm going to have to listen to that later. That's going to get us some world shit of trouble. Yeah, sorry, I didn't think about... I just, I think it's very interesting that the creator of this job says the following about it, and yeah. I guess I can't repeat it either, but definitely do go to the show notes, check it out. Yeah. Definitely gonna, worth it. I'm going to save that one for later. And... It, it's honestly, it's a very short bit that they have. Yeah, um, well, it's a short bit, but the problem is he's going to say something that goes against whatever things that the tube channels and the other channels we're on right now. Yeah, that is because, true, Because they don't want truth on these channels. Because if they wanted truth, they wouldn't, they wouldn't bitch at people. It's not like I get paid for anything. It's not like we collect any money for our channels. It's not like any... No, but we will get blocked. We will get blocked, and I, I'm not ready to go full-blown on, uh, on the uh, alt-tech yet. When I'm ready to go full-blown on alt-tech, what will happen is you won't find this stuff on the channel. We'll do the first hour on the tube channels and stuff where our first hour is quite safe. Mm -hmm. When we start the second hour, we end up in things like this, which uh, uh, will only be on alt-tech as soon as I get it all sorted out. It's like Murphy's just having a field day with me the last couple of weeks. Hey, we've gotten further along than we have been in weeks. At least we are multi-streaming right now. 
that's that is true. that that's a big thing you know that's a it's a big thing you know? i guess we'd probably get in trouble for the videos out of china too we we might we might um yeah well why don't we move on to the uh the tiktoks from the kids since it's near the end oh of the it is we're running through the show we haven't even touched some of the other cool shit we brought i know we didn't even get into the amount of stupid in the world for this to happen all right, Actually, we'll, we'll, we cover a couple of those. We, first, we, need to, we need to close out this uh, this segment, though. I love this version. It's only 36 seconds long. Still, 36 seconds feels like a lot longer when you're having to sit there wait. Ah, but I love this. Ver I love this song. I think it's great. It is. But you need the shorter version for the closing because we yeah. have the longer version for the opening. So you need yeah. a shorter version for the closing. Well, just on a touch on this, Mercury has exited retrograde. Oh, excellent. I mean, after all, today's the 19th. It came out of retrograde on the 17th. So no more Mercury oh, cool. retrograde for less than the year. We're in the shadow right now. We're in the shadow, which means things are moving forward again. So it exited retrograde two days ago, and you you spend a week in the shadow, and in the shadow is when things finally start to move forward again. Well, that works, actually. That makes sense. This week, things just started moving forward for me again. So. Yeah, and that's the way it works. All right. Yeah, we didn't even touch on the insanity of the of the, uh, of the left nut message. and. Uh, well, we could cover uh, the funnier things. You know, leave the show on a happier note. Oh, okay. Like you always say, want to leave the show on the happiest note possible. And well, usually... I, I, I thought that's why we went to the TikToks, because they're usually entertaining. Uh, usually, yeah, that's true. Yeah, let's go to TikToks. We'll come back to we'll come back to the uh, Insanity to the New Right message next week. All right. We'll make sure I carry that over. <laughs> All right, let's wander into self-defense with Big Marla. Oh, God, this just sounds horrible. That's hilarious. Uh-huh. I'm sure it is. <laughs> All righty. Let's see what you got, Big Marla. Speaks for the kinks. <laughs> okay. Yep. I am the Horax, 
I speak for the kinks. We don't want to be shamed, at least I don't think. We've got doms, subs, and littles, and a bunch of others too. Those who experiment, those serious, and a couple just like you. No matter your kink, practice safety, practice consent. So be kinky, be creepy, and enjoy your torment. Oh, dear God. <laughs> yep. Gen Z repeating what us 90s kids and you 80s kids said. Yep. Okie dokie. You have to read it. The villains are bad. We're simply anti-heroes, vigilantes, if you will. We want justice, we want the end cruelty, but refuse to do it the way others want us to. We scare them because we do it our way, we don't sit back and we wait for things to happen, we make things happen. Yeah. You're wearing fishnets on your on your arm, dude. It's hard to take you seriously. Yeah, it's really not too different from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Every generation says this. Yes, yes they do. Well, and every generation thinks that they are the first generation to say it. It's really quite adorable. Well, we will fight back, yes. And you'll win? No, no. no. You won't. You won't. You'll be absorbed just like never win. you'll be absorbed just like every other generation. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, but well, you know, as they say, really if you're not a rebel when you're young, you have no heart. If you're not um there's there's three stages. It's um, rebel. I thought it was if you're not liberal when you're younger, you have no heart. If you're not conservative when That's you're it. older, you have no brain. That's it. That, yeah, you're right. It's only two. Yeah, if you're not liberal when you have when you're young, you have no heart. If you're not conservative when you're older, you have no brain. Yes, because yeah. as you get older, you realize, yeah, youth. Well, sometimes youth manages to insert changes that take take uh, decades to happen, but they don't happen in the same way. And yeah. sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not so good, but you know, they do happen. All right. Making songs more Canadian. Okay. Oh, this is great. You'll love it. All right. This should be rather entertaining. Let's see where we go. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh come on, you've been there. Yeah, no. That's that, from thirty above to ten below in that, one day. Yeah, that, that's Edmonton that does that. 
Uh, not Edmonton. Calgary does that, not Edmonton. Most of the mainland, actually. Mm-mm. Every bit of the mainland I've been to. No. Um, Calgary did, or Edmonton didn't do that. It didn't go from 30 above to uh, 10 below in one day. It was, it was a little They're more gradual did. in Edmonton. Calgary does that, and Calgary loves to do that in the middle of the winter. It goes from 20 below to 30 above and hangs there for several days. <laughs> and then people have their windows open to deal with the heat, and they forget to shut them at night. And then the schnook stop blowing, and all of a sudden it drops to 20 below, and their whole house freezes at night. Yeah, I remember how cold it got there. My goodness. Yeah, that's 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 Calgary because Calgary gets the schnook winds. <laughs> all right, let's uh, name the one thing that is not sexualized. Not the one thing, just something in general that is not sexualized. And I thought about it, and it's actually oh, it's, harder than you think. It's, it is very actually hard to think about that when you okay 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 i finally cracked the code all right you can't choose a character and what i mean by that is no movie character no tv show character no series character no video game character no characters at all because every single character has some kind of fans behind it that make weird stuff about it also can't choose inside jokes like a Samsung fridge, which all of you rudely reminded me of. So I finally picked my item. A see-through plastic bin. There's no way. There's not a chance. Not a single person has made weird art of a see-through plastic bin. There is no possible way. No one looks at a plastic bin and says, I want that in my body. So I win. I was wrong. I was very wrong. I won. Okay, 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 okay. I finally cracked the code, all right? Yeah, you can't choose a character. Yeah, okay. I, I forgot about the end where he says he's wrong, very, very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Tripping on catnip. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> oh, it's cats. Okay, good. Not so afraid. Hey, hey, Sharon, listen to me. Have you ever... Whoa! Have you ever, whoa, have you ever bathed in catnip? Sharon, have you ever done it? Get out of here. I'm chipping my tits off. Hey, hey, Sharon, <laughs> listen to me. Have you ever, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes cats out like that when they're on catnip. Oh, yeah, especially when you give them a whole pile just to roll around in. Mm-hmm. Final one, Canadian Air Force. Oh, that was something that occurred to me. I haven't seen the geese flying south yet. That's interesting. They're late. It's like I've been, I, I usually, last year I noticed large flocks heading south, and this year I haven't seen any yet. They're late. They should have been gone already. Or did they leave early and you missed them? No, unless they, no, because they generally take a week or two to traverse over the oasis. So I get to see them. I get to see the large Vs through the sky. And I have not well, seen the large Vs through the sky. Well, I've seen the large Vs through the skies heading away. Mm. From my area, there's a lot of hangout areas for them around here. Yeah, well, there are a lot of hangout areas up north. <laughs> Canadian Air 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. Those guys are pretty freaking vicious, man. Hey. I've seen them take down a whole bunch of those. Uh, uh, I can't remember what they're called. The the things that take video in the sky. Um, uh, drones. Drones, yeah. So I, I've seen them actually viciously attack drones when yeah. they go by, man. Well, Canadian geese are fucking mean, man. They they, they are, are mean. It's like it's like I avoid the damn things when they're on the ground. <laughs> Because I've, I've been chased by them a couple of times. They're not fun. You know, I was chatting with a buddy of mine, and we were talking about uh, the the animals that different countries have. And, like, here we have beavers and bears. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the we have beavers and bears, but the thing that most Canadians are terrified of is moose. Moose? Moose are terrifying along with geese. Moose and geese, yes. They're... Yeah. Although and, beavers and are pretty fucking mean, man. They are. We had one hold up traffic for hours mm. a couple of years ago. Those guys are mean. Oh yeah, beavers are pretty fucking vicious too. But yeah, moose, elk, elk are elk are pretty fucking mean too. I think moose are worse than elk. Well, moose are bigger. That's probably why. Moose are way bigger than elk, and elk but, are fucking like, huge. But, like, other people, like, people in other countries are like, oh, yeah, moose are so cute and fuzzy. It's like, no, don't, nope. don't go near those guys. No, no. The only, I, I, I want to be about uh, 25, 30 yards away with my 30 out 6 or a uh, 3, uh, 30, uh, or a 30, 30. And that's where I want to deal with moose. Yeah. And, like, Australia, they have the kangaroos, which everyone is like, oh, they're so cute. It's like, no, no. don't go near those things. They're no. vicious. They're vicious. <laughs> yeah. Every, every country has its vicious critters. Yes. Canadians yet, are the moose, the uh, elk, and the fucking beavers, and the Canadian geese. Yeah. And what's worse funny, is be- the Canadian goose or the beavers are fucking uh, national national animal. Yeah, and what I find really funny is so many people who come here, they're like, "Oh my god, they're what about the bears?" And bears, I'll oh, fuck Canadians, the bears, man. The bears are like, <laughs> no problem. Yeah, and all of us Canadians are like. Phew. Don't worry about the bears, man, especially in the fall. They'll all be drunk. You could probably just walk up and pet one. <laughs> you can after they've been eating all the fermented fruit lying around the fruit trees. Exactly. But like then they're like, oh, the moose are so cute. Like, no, 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 don't. no. Don't, don't. don't go near the moose. Don't go near the elk. <laughs> and lately, the deer. Oh, man, those the guys last, have gotten so mean. The last couple of years, all the deer in the neighborhoods have started attacking people. Yeah. They're so mean. <laughs> I found it. Oh, I found it. He said he saw some here. I'm guessing he's talking about the Canadian geese. Yeah, Canadian geese. Well, I I just I I hadn't seen the big flocks heading over the oasis because last year I saw these massive flocks heading over the oasis and I didn't see them this year. Maybe you just missed them because I see the <clears> massive <throat> flocks heading yeah. over us. Well, I could have missed them. It's possible I could have missed them, but so at any rate. I think we'll call it a wrap there. We've had our we've had our TikTok entertainment. Um, I'm really worried about my grandchildren now, because <laughs> you know if this is the shit they bring, well, it's really wow. I, I've got to have a talk with them. All right, <laughs> that's all we got. I think we'll we'll play some outro music and we'll call it a night. Thanks everyone for showing up. Greatly appreciate it. These are the days of thunder. We're gonna make time stand still
a quarter after midnight and I'm watching the wall sometimes I feel so uptight I just can't sleep at all every day doing the same old thing we're losing time the weekend comes we gotta Have it, folks. Take care now. Bye-bye.